As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. You are listening once again to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Chad Ozie and Jeff Cross. You can reach us at UncommonDrivePodcast at gmail.com. Hey, Jeff, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am Wonderful. We just talked about how uh, we came in to uh, record today on a pretty chilly morning. There you go. About two degrees outside. Understatement. That's right. <laughs> uh, still not as cold as most people feel towards the uh, NFL officials that work the AFC Championship game. Boy, oh boy. And, I, heard, uh, I heard there might have been a play or something. There, there might have been a play or two, <laughs> three, four, six, twelve. <laughs> Um, of course, you know, personally, I feel that's just all sour grapes because the mm. right team won. Mm. Uh, so I'm good with that. Mr. But Kansas I had City to fan. throw that out there yeah. uh, for everybody. Uh, my son and I, uh, my wife, we were all sitting in the living room watching the game. My, my son had gone and watched the first half with a bunch of his college buddies. And uh, second half, he was at the house. I think the reason he left the college buddies to watch the second half is because he was getting nervous and didn't want his friends to see him openly weep if he lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we got down to the end of that. And when Cincinnati got the ball, we're like, oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. this, this is not good. Like, this is not okay. And uh, my son, who had labrum surgery uh, just a few years ago, I'm fairly certain tore his labrum again just Fist pumping the air after we got the win, and that's a little bit of a joke. But yeah, uh, but it was pretty yeah. funny. It was uh, it was a good time uh, getting to watch the game. And of course, um, as we've talked about over and over and over on this podcast, um, you know, people look for something to blame. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, and we expect it. That's a big game. That is a huge stage. I mean. You know, the AFC Championship game, there's there's only one of those every year. Yep, yep. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. There's one NFC Championship game, and then there's one Super Bowl. 
And so, you know, during a regular season, there's however many games going on on a given Sunday. And it's easier for things to fall through the cracks. But mm-hmm. on a day like that, there's only one game happening at 530 on that day. And so if you were a football fan, you're watching that game. And so things get magnified. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff and I have been talking a little bit here, kind of uh, pre, uh, pre-gaming, uh, <laughs> yeah, what pre- we were going to talk about today. Pre-podcasting, yeah. And, and one of the things that is, is really interesting, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball as we get uh, a little deeper into the podcast. But I'd really like to start with a, kind of a point where we're at today, Jeff, which is, uh, you know, we are, we are deep into the, the college basketball season, deep into high school basketball um, for uh, for our officials that are working that. We said, you know, we're moving towards postseason in high school really quickly. Some of those assignments in different states are starting to come out. People know if they're going be, gonna to be working past the regular season. And a lot of times it's really easy to get geared up, you know, for the big game. You know, yeah. man, we've got number one in the conference versus number three in the conference. And, man, this is going to be a great game. Um, you know, we've even got a, you know, a number four in the conference versus a number five. And that's going to be a great game because the top four teams in the conference get to host the first round of the right. conference tournament, you know, mm-hmm. and, and those two teams at, at four and five, they're on the bubble. Who's going to, you know, who's going to get that spot and get to host. And, and we know that in, in the college game today, hosting is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And in just a little bit, I want to talk about that and maybe how it affects some of our game management and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes the the biggest game we can have right now is a seven versus a 10. Because both of those teams who haven't had many wins all season hmm. are just trying to rack up a win. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, as as you as you know, as many years as you've been doing this now at the at the college level, you know, as we approach this this point of the season, can you just maybe give us some insight? You know, what are the things that you see as, you know, potentially, you know, elevating circumstances and situations in games? You know, what are the things that you kind of look for when you head out to the court where you go, oh, my, my radar already needs to be up? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even as, as early as, you know, warm-ups. Yeah. You know, what, what are the things that you look for? Well, the first thing I, I you know, I like to look look inwardly. Okay. You know, I like to, because it never fails, end of January, beginning of February, you know, late February, people start getting a little weary. Mm-hmm. You know, us officials, we get, you know, the morale can be a little lower. You know, maybe you didn't get the postseason assignment you were hoping for. You know, maybe you've not had the best performance in your eyes. You know, as you've come up into late January, maybe, you know, you've spent the last three nights on the road staying in hotels, you know, whatever it is. So you get a little weary and you got to, um, first thing is, is, is evaluate your crew and see how the morale is on your crew. Mm. Um, because if no matter what you see out there, if you're not, you know, if your morale between the three of you on the floor, uh, is not up to par, ain't going to make no difference what we see. We're probably mm. not gonna be able to handle it because we're defeated. You know what I mean? We're feeling like, you know, we have this gorilla on our back and we're trying to referee at the same time, and now it's got intense, and, you know, we're just like, oh, it's over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the first thing I do. You know, I try to, try to find a way to um, just spread a message to the crew that, you know, listen, I get it. We're, we're in the middle of a grind. Everyone gets that. 
Um, but the good news is you made it here today. You, you know, we're, we're about to embark on something. You know, I had a game last night that I was one of few in the whole country. You know, yeah. a lot of people lose sight of, oh, yeah, I'm so tired. Well, you're so lucky that you're one of the few people that are working. Yeah. That's really what we should be thinking about and just, you know, kind of boost, uh, um, you know, our our mental status, I guess, you know, our mm-hmm. mental status to to uh, to be able to to go on and, and, and participate in the game at a successful level. So, um, but, you know, I think other than that, I mean, you can look at numbers, you can look at last time matchups, you can look at, you know, potential, you know, scores, you can look at all that stuff, but you got to be able to read the room. You got to be able to read the room at captain's meetings. You got to be able to read the room when they're warming up. Um, you can see if you could see that two people in the same locker room are defeated. Well, I'll be darned if you look around closely at mm-hmm. the at the shooters on the floor as they're warming up. You could tell if they're defeated, if they're angry, if they're not getting along with one of their teammates, or they're looking over at maybe across the floor. The last time we played them, I'm checking out 22 because she dropped. 25 on me last time and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen you know those kind of things if you just pay attention a little bit you'll get it you'll understand it so um but it will not happen unless we handle the three of us first because we're the one we're going to be the ones that are held to higher standard Mm -hmm. we're going to be the ones that are going how come they weren't focused how come they didn't prepare and um I can't send an email back going, well, sorry about that. I was just kind of tired because I drove till two in the morning. That's right. It's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's probably what I would do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, and I, you know, I try to find ways um, for everyone to understand that you're not the only one going through what you think you're going through. Mm. You know, it's, it, I worked with, uh, on Saturday, I worked with uh, an official who's been to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Veteran, right? And, you know, we're just talking. And if you listen, he'll tell you or she'll tell you, whoever it is, that, yeah, oh, yeah, I, yep, I got that same stuff. I get that same stuff. I get I, I get the frustration there because, yeah, I've lived through that frustration. I'm living through that frustration now. So we're, we're, we get in our own heads about thinking, oh, it's only us. It's only me that had to handle um, – my subpar performance on Thursday night, mm-hmm. you know, no, yeah. everyone else has to do it too. And, um, I think that helps. I think that helps for us to, to be able to prepare for the, the high intensity of whether it's a seven, eight matchup or a one, two matchup. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I find it really interesting because I think, you know, there, there are a, a few, um, there are a few basketball officials. I, I don't know, uh, any baseball officials, but you know there are a few college basketball officials where that's their their full time job, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what they do. Um, but for the vast majority of us, you know, ninety nine percent of the college basketball officials out there do not do this as their only job, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to say at least ninety nine percent of the baseball umpires that are out there at the college level, you know, we don't do it as our only job, and we get this in our in our other jobs. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I have friends of mine that are educators. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are rhythms and patterns to the school year. Yeah. 
You know, before Christmas comes, you can see that look of weariness on those teachers' faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just they're just trying to fight through another day. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to get through another day of curriculum. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get them through that test or that term paper or whatever has to be done, you know, before they, they wrap up that part of the school year. And it's a grind. Yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends of mine that are accountants and they right now, are in the midst of a four or five month grind. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it used to be, you know, through, you know, April 15th or whatever the, the you know, the, the date was, well, now there's, you know, extensions and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, they're, I mean, they're working their tail off until summer mm-hmm. and then they're going to disappear for a month in mm-hmm. summer You're right, right, right. <clears throat> because they've just, I mean, they've been working, you know, 80 hours a week mm-hmm. trying to, you know, capitalize on this one period of time when there's, there's so much that's expected of them. Mm-hmm. Well, for those of us who are sports officials, there's there's certain there's certain periods of time where a lot is expected of us. Yeah, you know. And uh, Jeff and I were having some really great conversations over the last uh, week or two because Jeff's been on one of the I'll, I'll just say more difficult travel grinds of his season. Mm-hmm. You know, for the last couple of weeks and maybe for the next week or so, even beyond this one. Um, he's had a lot more plane flights than he normally has, mm-hmm. a lot of long drives. Uh, he's going to be driving from <clears throat> East Coast to Midwest mm-hmm. to try to get back for some games and, you know, all that kind of thing. And and that's, I mean, that's a significant, that's a significant grind. It's really no different, though, than the the JUCO or Division Three official who may be working six, seven days a week you know, doing games and in that process is not only having to to do that, but then go into their nine to five job each day on top of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that, that creates a grind. Yep. And I I found it kind of funny. Uh, I'm a part of a, a a group of officials that have, have made a commitment to connect together once a week and we choose to connect on Tuesday nights. And, I've only been available for one of those Tuesday nights. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I've been working games every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that are in that group are Division One officials mm-hmm. where there aren't a ton of Tuesday games. Mm-hmm. But I'm a D3, D2 JUCO official. Guess what? I have tons of. I've got tons of Tuesday <laughs> yeah. night games. You don't have a Sunday games. you got Tuesday games, right? That's right. You know? <laughs> Let's meet on Sundays. That's right. So, you know, those kinds of things happen and and we need to understand that it, it makes a difference in how we approach things. And then, you know, <clears throat> I had somebody ask, there was a, there was a, a coach the other day that was just all out of sorts. I mean, just all out of sorts. And it did not even dawn on me until after the game. And, and I'd be curious to, to hear if any of our listeners have experiences like this, because I think it probably happens in baseball, softball, football, basketball, whatever sport you work, you know, there are, there are certain times where there's more things that are required of coaches. So I had two teams that are about 45 minutes apart. So I show up to the game. I have the captain's meeting and uh, I, you know, you're just trying to be human with mm-hmm. them for a couple seconds, right? You know, I'm like, hey, you know, you guys finally had a, you know, an easy drive for once because it's a school that normally has to drive four <laughs> hours everywhere they go, right? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, the traffic was horrible coming out of the city today. It took us two and a half hours to get here. Mm. 
Well, this was a, a junior college game. So guess what? If you're the head coach, you're also the head bus driver, right? And maybe even the, the person who's got to fill up the bus That's right. before they even leave, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you got cold weather. Mm-hmm. You've got what was supposed to be a 45-minute drive that now has turned into two and a half. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not even two and a half of like, you know, just driving miles. It's, you know, stop, start, stop, start in crazy traffic coming out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You've got the frustration of that. You've got the responsibility of that. You're trying to keep these athletes safe as you move them from one place to the next. Now they've shown up later than they wanted to show up. Now they feel like their team doesn't have, you know, adequate time to prepare and, you know, go through their normal routines that they would do and everything else. And lo and behold, that coach was a little on edge during the game. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know? And and we're, you know, not we're, but we as officials in general, sometimes if, if we don't take that into consideration, we're looking at that going, man, why is this person going yeah, so right? nuts on a 25-point yeah, game? I don't get it, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. what the heck? Mm-hmm. When, how can we not pay attention to that Yeah, and understand that it's totally valid mm-hmm. why they're in this headspace? Because yeah. that's just, that's where they're at that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's so many obstacles that all of us within the game, we, we never know what someone's going through. That's right. Or what they went through to get to where they are at that moment. Um, you know, sick relative, um, maybe a sick player. They have all these, you know, meeting with administration. That just, you know, you got a kid who's maybe not, not going to be eligible. All these things happen. And we, we think that everyone just had the perfect day. Even though if you look inward, you didn't have a perfect day. That's right. So why would you expect anyone else to? And um, it's, it's just got to come out, right? There's got to be a release valve somewhere. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it does land on us. Sure. You know, because we are the decision makers for the two hours. And that's and that's where it comes from because you're making decisions in, on what they believe is, is incorrect. Sure. And the steam's got to come out somewhere. So, um, But doesn't mean we can just allow... That's right. You know, these things. We still have to, you know, penalize or address whatever situations arise, but we can't take it personally. I think that is so key, Jeff. You know, I mean, many times as officials, we internalize the stuff that comes our way. We do. Oh, they think I'm a bad official Mm -hmm. or they're just a jerk Mm -hmm. or, you know, we, we attach terminology like that because that's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we're, we're trying to defend ourselves in our own mind. Mm-hmm. And Jeff's used the phrase, you know, over and over and over, you know, if you're in your own mind, you're behind enemy lines, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that even happens in in moments like that when we're trying to preserve ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because what we're doing is we're creating this set of scenarios that may not even be accurate. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. really, they're not frustrated with us. They're exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be frustrated, sure, but not necessarily with us. Right? And and it just is coming out a different way than it normally would mm-hmm. because they don't have the energy and ability to filter themselves the way they sure. normally would. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it that we see coaches at the end of a game get more technicals than we do at the beginning of the game? It's not always because the game's close. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because they've been filtering themselves all game long <laughs> right. and they finally don't have enough energy to do it anymore. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm reading a book. and I'm, I'm not sure if we talked about this on air or not, but uh, I believe we spoke about it, at least on the phone. And it's uh, performing under pressure. And they talk about decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and this, this coach who finally gets a technical at the end of the game, well, whether it's close or not, they've had to make all the decisions from 7 o'clock in the morning throughout their whole day, get to the game site at 4 o'clock for a 6 o'clock game. Now they go through the whole game. They're fatigued. Yep. They're, they're, their decision-making process is fatigued. And something's going to give. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. You hope that it doesn't. You know, I've often said, you know, if we walk on the floor in, in four 10-minute quarters, and I say, I sure am glad that game wasn't 41 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because they, I don't think anybody had it left in them. Yeah. I don't think a coach had it left in I don't think a player had it in I don't, I don't know if I had it left in me. You know, when those things are, you know, we, we got to realize we're, it's great to be able to make it to 40 minutes, but... If we had an extra minute or two, we don't know what would have happened. So it, it just happens. Decision fatigue happens, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. You can't prevent it unless you're going to sit around and not make decisions. You know, what? Uh, what is it? Is it Elon Musk, I think, or something? You know, a lot of these big, big millionaires, you know, they wear the same clothes every day, so it's one less decision they have to make because mm-hmm. they understand there is decision fatigue. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of that is – I I don't want to say I do that to the max, but I've got like, you know, three things. Outfits, I guess, if that's what you guys, I don't know if that's what dudes call them, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I got three three sets of things that I'll wear to games. Yeah. This is what I'm wearing. One of these three things. So my decision, you know, it helps a little bit. I, sure. I don't have to sit around and go, mm, what am I wearing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, I'm going to be wearing one of these three things. One of these three bottoms, one of these tops, and I'm going to go forward. So... We, we all need to understand that it happens. And if you understand it, maybe you can prepare for that. So you, when you're in the last five minutes of a game, you're like, okay, don't, you know, let's, let's not put, let's not think about too many different things here. Let's, let's just think about this game opposed to trying to go, well, I wonder if that coach likes me. You know, they, they said they weren't happy with that call. So I don't think they like me. So we're not, we're constantly making more decisions that we don't yep. need to be making at the point. So think, Make those decisions later after you're done with that job. Yeah, no, I like that. And and again, you know, this goes back to, you know, the the jobs that we work. Mm-hmm. You know, what whatever they may be, you know, we sometimes we we laugh at the coach that has, you know, six assistant coaches sitting on the bench. You know, and we're sitting there, you know, not at the D one level, that's pretty normal. You know, they have large staffs or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, especially you go to a, a D three game or a JUCO game. And I was at one place where there were six eligible players to play, and there were six coaches sitting on the bench. I got this one. And we yeah. we, we kind of joked and said, well, at least it looks like a full bench, you yeah, know, because right. there were enough, mm. enough coaches there or whatever. But, you know, that's a situation where that, that head coach now doesn't have to make as many decisions. Sure. Because mm. somebody else is helping run the drills, and somebody else is maybe helping drive the bus, and yeah. somebody else is making sure that the supper gets ordered after the game or whatever. You know, and that's a benefit. And sometimes we almost, you know, look at, look at those things mockingly. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my gosh, how many people does it take to, you know, to make this work or whatever? Underst- instead of understanding that that could actually be a benefit to us. Mm-hmm. Well, I would also say you have to be that person that's going to let other people make decisions. That's right. You know, and and a three of crew, I I can't be the one who makes all the decisions on all the files and violations. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm doing that. That you know, that's going to cause me to have more decision fatigue than my two partners. And you know, we see it. 
in a, in a game. I had four plays in a row. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're Poo, these are all big plays, and you know they're all within a two minute span. So the spotlight comes on you. You're starting to get fatigued with all these decisions. So that can happen, and you you know you hope that it gets spread out. You're like hope someone else makes a call and can pick it up, but um, we have to do it a lot. And you know, plate umpires, right? Plate umpires are mm-hmm. are constantly faced with that. Especially if they have, you know, maybe one or a couple of pitchers that may be struggling to find his own. More decisions, more decisions, more decisions. And now they bring in a different pitcher. Okay, more decisions. Oh, and now I've had uh, five check swings, more mm-hmm. decisions. Oh, a close fair foul, then a play at the plate. Oh, now we're going in the 10 innings instead of nine. You know, all those things come into play, and no one, everyone just expects us. And, I, and I, we tend to miss things later in the game. Sure. They're more noticeable because of that, because of that decision fatigue. And you just no one talks about the the play that was missed in the second inning or mm-hmm. the first period. You know, they may remember it, but there's very rarely few mistakes made early in games. Mm-hmm. We're fresh, we're ready. It's the more we go, the longer we go, the more chance there is for failure. Yeah. Well, and I think those decisions that we, those, excuse me, those mistakes that we may make early have less to do with decision fatigue and judgment and have more to do with philosophy. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, if we come out early in the game and we're not getting those automatic fouls that we're supposed to get, you know, we're not getting two hands on, we're not getting arm bars, right? Well, that's a decision. That's, yeah. that's not a judgment, right? <laughs> you know, that's that's a philosophy saying, okay, well, you know, we came out today, and we're not getting these. Yeah. Well, most of our coordinators would say that's a wrong philosophy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you right. know, mm-hmm. but now it creates more issues because now one of the reasons that the NCAA put that in there for us is so that we have to make fewer decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, now we see two hands on, that's a foul. Fewer judgments, right? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't have to make that decision of did those two hands affect their rhythm, speed, balance, mm-hmm. quickness? Mm-hmm. No, there's two hands on the ball handler. That's foul. Shut it up. <clears throat> yep. So even those people that help guide what we do, they have said we we understand there's decision fatigue, mm-hmm. and we're going to remove some of these decisions for you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, at the NCAA baseball uh, route, you know. They've made some changes coming out of COVID that are going to last into this season. So now instead of a coach being able to come out to the second base umpire at second base where the play happened and argue, you know, a steal play, they've got to go to the 45 foot mark in between home plate and either third base or first base, depending on which dugout they're in. And the umpire is going to come over to them and be able to communicate with them. Well, what does that do? Now it's removed a couple decisions from me. I want to decide, is he just jogging out to come talk to me or is he charging out to come attack me? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? There's, there's, there's one question that one decision I don't have to make now. <laughs> right. Right. You know, we have to stay distanced while we're talking. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. So now if they keep coming up and invading that personal space, well, now that's the decision I don't have to make. Now it's pretty obvious. Okay, that's nope, we can't do that. You got to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. There are all these little things that that make sense when we talk about that idea of decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. We're, we're removing some of those decisions from it. And even when we talk about replay, 
what what's replay doing? Replay is helping us with decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it that we're allowed to look at some things in the last two minutes of a game and we're not allowed to look at them in the second period? Yeah. Well, it's not just that, well, that makes the game longer if we can look at them the whole game. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still not convinced, especially on the basketball side, that that's all that big a deal. But that out of bounds in the last two minutes is a whole lot more important sure. than the out of bounds in the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're now at our greatest sense of decision fatigue. Yep. So it just makes sense that we're able to go and look at those things. We're at our greatest sense of decision fatigue and the call has more impact. Absolutely. So we're, we've, we've seesawed, right? We just, one's way low, one's way high. So they've given us the tool to help us with that. And I think that's good. I think that's really good. Um, some people would argue it and some people are like, oh, you know, we don't need to do that. But um, I think if you look at the game differently, instead of how you want to do it or how I've done it for years and look at it, you know, the, the progression of how we're handling, how they're trying to help us and how it can help us. That's great. That's what, that's what we want. You know, we're always looking for people to support us and back us in our decisions and, and the things we do. Well, they're giving us tools. That's right. We just have to use them. And um, if we decide not to use them, then whose fault is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know that there are some people out there listening going, but you know what? It's our job to make decisions for the entire contest. Mm -hmm. It is. Right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's triple overtime. Doesn't matter if we go into the 15th inning in extra innings. Mm -hmm. You know, if if I'm the plate umpire, I'm called to – I'm, I'm, my task is to call those balls and strikes all the way up to the end, no mm-hmm. matter how far it goes. Yeah. So, so let's call those out of bounds in basketball all the way up until the final buzzer. But if we go in with the mindset of, yep, I've got it. It's no problem. I can do this. I believe we're setting ourselves up for failure. If instead we go in acknowledging that there are moments when we potentially will be weaker than others. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a baseball umpire, there are a lot of us that know the feeling of, ooh, I think I missed that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
pitch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And if we if we do it, sometimes it's oh man, I got something in my eye. I blinked. I whatever. It was a breaking ball. Uh, that was a that was just a one off. You know, hey man, throw that one again. That's a strike. You know, mm-hmm. you say something right. to the catcher. You do whatever. Mm-hmm. There's that's different than oh, I don't think I I was tracking that pitch very well. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you feel like you didn't track the next one very well. And now there's been three or four and, and maybe they weren't super borderline pitches. Maybe they were, they were no brainers, but you know, in your head, mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm not tracking the pitch very well. I gave up on that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now we're coming back to that, you know, mistake recovery strategy that, mm-hmm. that you've talked about in the past where it may not have seemed like a mistake to other people because that curveball ended up coming right over the plate, so it was easy to call a strike. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I didn't track that pitch very well. Yeah, I got so lucky. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Mistake just didn't show to other people. Yeah, right. You know, if that pitch had been three inches further left, ooh, that'd have been a really tough one for me to know what to do there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, nobody argued about the out of bounds call that I just called the basketball. But it's really not because the call was right or wrong. It's just it wasn't a point in the game where that was a big deal where they were going to argue over it. Mm-hmm, right. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's simple things like that. The impact was minimal, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. right. So when we begin to find ourselves in those moments where I'm not going to say it's it's a mistake necessarily to the people around us. But when we know internally right. that's a mistake, my question to you is, is our mistake recovery strategy different? Because... A lot of times when we make mistakes that, that we've talked about in the past, dealing with that MRS, that mistake recovery strategy, part of that strategy is dealing with the people that feel like we made a mistake, right? It's right. that coach communication standpoint. It's mm-hmm. the whatever. How do we approach it when it's just it's just us that knows? Yeah, because there's a big difference. Yeah. There's a big difference between someone that you just, you're arguing with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, you're scolding yourself, than opposed to if I make a mistake, and now I'm arguing or just scolding myself, and now I have a coach scolding me, and I have five players scolding me, and I've and I've got my coordinator sitting on the sideline scolding me, and all those things. That's what we're talking about. That that strategy is way different. Yep. Than if it's just you, you and you only, you know, yep. because you know you've made that mistake. So, um, I I don't know that the strategy is any different. I just feel like the way we get to the strategy could take a little longer and could t- have taken a few more steps. Because if I have to have a mistake recovery strategy, guess what? I And I've missed a play that everyone thinks I've missed. Well, I have to handle coach A, player two, yep. coordinator three, crowd 5,000. Yeah. I have to handle all of that first before I can get to the actual strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just me... It's a pretty quick conversation. You can mm-hmm. you can you can admit to it yourself. Real, it's a woo lucked out there. I didn't I didn't step down like I should have. I didn't get the open look. Um, you know whatever it is, and then I can I can fix it literally in thirty seconds without any interruption. Mm-hmm. But you know it's kind of like when your cable goes out, right? Well, if my cable goes out, I got to get on the phone. I got to talk to the operator. The operator's got to talk to the tech. The tech's got to call me. Tech's got to tell me when they're coming out. They come out, they fix the cable. But if I know how to fix cable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could say, okay, I go out and I fix the cable and I'm done. So um, I don't know if that's a very good analogy, but I think that's the, 
that's the strategy, right? We all know what our mistake recovery strategy is. We just got to see how fast we can get to it. Mm-hmm. And if we have interrupters to get to the, the mistake recovery strategy, that's what takes it longer. You know, we, we as much as you want to say, okay, I've missed that play. I'm going to mistake recovery strategy and put that first. Well, the other five things that you had to handle have elevated already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so even though you've said you fixed it in your head and you're ready to go, you still have way more things in line to get to that are going to keep you from activating that, um, that whatever, um, whatever adjustment you're going to make so you don't have that mistake again is going to be withheld within those five people or five things. So that's where I think it's different. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think we get this idea that if other people notice the mistake, okay, that applies more pressure and that's accurate. But it also is the thing that helps us snap out and fix it, Mm. you know? So a a great way that I've put it, mentioned earlier that we were watching the AFC championship game. Um, We were watching it. We have a, a streaming platform that we were watching it on. Uh, with about 17 seconds left in the game, all of a sudden, our TV said, unable mm. to stream whatever, blah, blah, blah. We were in an automatic panic. <laughs> like, flat-out panic. My wife was running back to the bedroom to see if she could get it to work on the thing there. I was going into the living room, see if I could get it to go on the TV there. My son was working on the TV that we had been watching while at the same time pulling it up on his phone and his iPad. Mm -hmm. We watched a few seconds on the iPad and then we finally got it back up and and running and were able to watch the end of the game. We saw it, but there was this panic Mm -hmm. because this is the moment. Mm -hmm. Like this is the big deal Mm -hmm. right now. If that had happened during commercials in the second quarter, yeah, we would have been in a hurry to get it fixed, but would not have had nearly the same feeling as to we're driving, we're potentially going to kick a field goal to win this thing. Mm -hmm. We want to see this. Mm -hmm, You know, we we need to see this now. Um, And it's just a great reminder to me that that our environment changes this stuff. Mm -hmm. There was a video that went around um this this from this weekend um around uh, college women's basketball there was a a foul that happened a player goes to the floor another player steps over around whatever foot comes down on the player that went down to the floor it comes down on her head that then leads to a pushing shoving fighting everything one of those circumstances that we never ever want to find ourselves in sure. on a basketball court mm-hmm. you know we're now you know we've got do we have benches clearing do we not we're trying to get people back to their benches we're going to video to look at who came off and who did what and who's disqualified and all, all those things that we hope we never ever have to do <laughs> as basketball officials not that different from a, a baseball you know uh, umpire with a benches clearing brawl kind of deal sure and I watched that video over and over and over and over and over because the thing that was so amazing to me was that I I don't know what the rest of the game was. I I didn't see all of the things that led up to that moment. Yeah. But when you just look at it itself, 
it doesn't look as bad as what the end result ended up being. In fact, I think if that happened in the second game of the season, it's definitely a foul. There's mm-hmm. some stuff that we're dealing with there. But if if that exact same thing happened, second game of the season, I don't think you have what happened in the aftermath of that. So you're saying some of that has to do with just the the fatigue of the grind. Yes. With players and opposing teams, maybe the second time they met up, you know, maybe someone tweeted something that they didn't like, whatever, right? Yeah, I mean I think we are we are at an elevated spot. You know, and when things elevate, then things now are magnified. Yeah. And so a thing that that maybe in game number two would have been a player immediately turn around, oh, I am so sorry. Sorry about that. You know, that was that was Mm -hmm. nothing intentional there, whatever. Now it's like, oh, well, it happened. I don't care. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) You know? And and those kinds of things I think take place, which then takes me uh, into something I'd like to talk about just a little bit. I've, I've had some communication from some baseball coaches. I'm, I'm a college baseball coordinator. I hear from my coaches. My coaches are, are really great about keeping me in the loop of things that are going on in their programs and stuff like that. And I've had several umpires who have been out getting preseason work in. Mm-hmm. Right? And their preseason work is they'll go into an indoor facility and they'll call balls and strikes for either pitchers that are pitching bullpens. There's some places that have a, a large enough facility they're actually doing live batting, you know, with with an infield mm-hmm. and things like that. And and they're in there and they're going. And and some of the guys that go and get new work get work are, are newer officials, right? It's a mm-hmm. great way for them to get used to the speed of what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff, you know. And so. Um, one of the coaches said to one of the umpires this last week, after after they were done work, hey, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thought you did a really great job. Uh, appreciate you coming out and helping the team. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty pretty standard thing to say, right? Those of us that have done preseason basketball, we've heard yeah. similar things, right? Mm-hmm. Really similar thing. Well, that particular official took that as a statement of. This coach thinks I should be working more games. <laughs> right? right yeah. This coach thinks I'm better than these other officials mm-hmm. that are working or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That person was calling balls and strikes. It may be the least pressure situation they could ever be in. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right? Yep. I would hope we could get a bunch of them right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's not another team trying to win. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not coaches on either side yelling at us. Mm -hmm. They're not doing any of that. They're just trying to get their kids work. Mm -hmm. Right. We should be there trying to get work. So why is it that it's so much easier to call balls and strikes in the cage? You know, when when there's no batter there, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) well, that should be a no brainer. Yeah, there's no pressure. That's right. But (laughs) some of us think, well, if I can do it here then that automatically means I can do it there. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people, I've seen some officials that are actually better in the big pressure moments mm-hmm. yeah. than they are when it's just ho-hum mm-hmm. game two of the season. Yeah. And there, there's, I see it all the time where, you know, I can only speak really on the basketball side. Mm-hmm. They say, 
oh, I saw so-and-so got whatever, conference tournament. I could do that. Well, I mean, it's nice to be able to say that out loud. Sure. It's nice to be able to have that kind of confidence. But you don't know what kind of pressure is in that game until you've been in that game. That's right. You just don't know. And um, I, and I'm sure I've shared a story with, me, with you before, but I remember my very first ever Summit League conference tournament assignment. I was assigned the uh, quarterfinals and the semifinals. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever been there. I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the gym's packed every night, you know, because they, they, they draw them in. And I remember after I got done with my second game of the weekend, and I was all done, and, you know, basically got out of it unscarred. I laid down on the bed and just, like, took the biggest, deepest breath I could take and, you know, like, said internally, I did it. Yeah. I did it. Because I, I understood the pressure was changing. Mm-hmm. I understood that I was... I'm fully prepared to jump in and take the chance. If my boss says, I want you to do it, then I, I'm, I'm not going to shy away from it. Sure. But I also need to say, I need to understand that I don't know what pressure is going to be entailed here. I feel like there's going to be more, and there was. Sure. But I'm preparing myself for that pressure, and I'm not going to go, in, well, yeah, this is going to be easy. You know, it's, I've, had, I've had these two teams before. These two teams before it means nothing. Mm-hmm. Because the loser goes home and is done for the year, the winner goes on to the championship game and yeah. has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Those are that's, that's different pressure. That's right. And don't don't even try and fool yourself if you think you can go out and do anything like it, whether it's a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game, and think, oh yeah, I've had these teams before. Well, have you ever been to the quarterfinals in the state tournament? No. But then you you don't know the pressure that's going to happen here. That's right. So be prepared for it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I bring that up, again, not to diminish that official or anything, because that official's doing the work that sure. we wanted them to do. They're, mm-hmm. they're going out and doing that. But, you know, I had a, a picture taken one time, and a friend posted it on social media uh, where I had worked at a, a Big Ten basketball arena in the preseason. So it's the three of us officials in our uniform with the logo and everything behind us. You can mm-hmm. clearly see where we're working, what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of my friends reached out to me, oh, that's awesome that, that you're working the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And I said, whoa, no, 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 <laughs> oh, no. Bump the bricks, bump the bricks. I am not working the Big Ten. <laughs> I got a really great opportunity to go do that. Yeah. They're like, well, how'd it go? I said, well, it went great. I had a ton of fun working. It was a blast, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, you know, well, you know, what, what other D1 stuff are you in this year? I said, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't work D1 yet. Yeah. You know, because at the the level that I was at, I could be useful to that team Mm -hmm. calling fouls and violations in the preseason at that level. Mm -hmm. But even if I had gotten a call for an exhibition game where they were playing a Division II opponent, and I have Division II teams, right? That would have been a significant step up from what I experienced up to that point. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference between working preseason mm-hmm. and working with the entire arena field. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between working with the entire arena field and working a competitive non-conference matchup. Right. The big difference between that and working a conference game. Mm-hmm. Big difference between that and working a conference tournament. Huge difference between that and working the national tournament. Right. And it doesn't mean that just because you're at the front end of that spectrum that you're not going to be able to work the back end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. But 
there there is this desire sometimes for us to think that we're someplace that we're not yet. Mm. And I've I've heard so many people say, I mean, I'm, I'm somebody, I, I get just as jumpy as anybody else. I'd love to have more than what I've got. I'd love to have different than what, I mean, I think most of us are that way. I think even people, you know, I, I know people that have worked the national championship game and are like, oh, I want another one. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we always want more. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. We always, that's who we are. We mm-hmm. want more. There's a reason why buffets were so <laughs> popular for so long. Yeah, you know, when yeah. I was growing up, we called them smorgasbords. Yeah, oh, right? Yeah, smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Right. And mm-hmm. you went that because then you could go, you could get more. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We want to put in the same cost, the same price, and then get more. Yeah. Well, when, when we are ready for more, we have a greater likelihood of being successful with more. Sure. You know, and it's really hard, especially when we feel like decisions are out of our control. You know, there are there are some of our listeners right now that are getting ready for a baseball season where they feel like they should have been given more. Mm. They feel like they should have been given more games. They feel like they should have been given more conference weekends. They feel like they should have been given more levels, whatever. Right. Great thing about baseball is guess what? Everything's going to change the moment we hit the season. (laughs) Rain's going to happen and cold's going to happen and everything else is going to happen. So hold on because what you end up with may be far different than what you started with. Mm -hmm. There's people on the basketball side right now that are sitting there going, am I on the watch list or not? Mm -hmm. There's people right now saying, am I going to get a conference tournament or not? Am I going to get a region championship? People at the high school level, am I going to get my first sectional this year? Am right. I going to get a super? Am I going to whatever, right? Um, we always want to be ready when that opportunity knocks. Mm-hmm. But if the opportunity doesn't knock, don't let it affect the way that you are working the rest of this season. Yeah, Because the games that you've got between now and when that thing is are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real and it may be important because there's a team that doesn't have a conference win all season long and they get a chance on the next to last game of the year to get one. Right. And if you don't think that that's not their conference tournament, I'm telling you it is. Yeah. You got to be ready. They got to they want to, you know, they want to have something, some peak, you know, something exciting to look forward to 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 look back on next next year and go, "Okay, this is remember when we beat we we upset the number three seed. That's and right. We, we hadn't won a game all year long. Yep. Yeah, those are those are big moments. Yeah. They're huge moments. And the way you finish, and we talk about all the time, like we, we need to finish well. Mm-hmm. But the way you finish may make an impact. I mean, I know and you know, I, I can't speak specifically to it, but I know that you have you've had times where you thought, Well, hey, I'm I'm working this and that's it. And then all of a sudden you get a call because so-and-so had an injury. Mm-hmm. And now, not only are you working maybe a, a round or two deeper in a tournament than you thought you were, but now you're also traveling someplace else to go work a different conference mm-hmm. tournament because that person was going to go work there too. Mm-hmm. My guess is, if you'd phoned it in the last couple weeks of the season, you probably pick, wouldn't get that opportunity. Yeah, it might pick someone else. Yeah. You pick know? someone else that can go, right? We have, we have all multiple people that are, you know, one round and done. You know, and another thing I want to add too, I think this is... I don't know that we see it so much in the NCAA side, um, and you know maybe you can you know, plug in as far as baseball goes. But I know I've heard it so many times in our local high school 
baseball and basketball and football associations, right? Well, you know, I got a regional final last year, so I know I'll have at least that. Mm. Right? Well, yep. ain't nothing guaranteeing that. That's right. You know, or, you know, I've, this is my third year for a regional final, so I'm due for a sectional. I should be getting a sectional. Who says that? Yep. The only person who says that is them. Yeah. No one else is saying it. And uh, and it can go the other way, too, right? Because it's, um, you know, when I was doing football, again, I probably shared the story before, but when I was doing football, my remembrance, my very first year, I was the first year football umpire. You know, I worked mm-hmm. at umpire in the middle. And everybody's like, you know, and I went through all the motions for the postseason. Did everything I was supposed to do. It's like, well, yeah, you won't get any postseason. Oh, okay, you know, well, I'm still going to do all the things. And they're like, why are you doing it? You're not going to get a postseason. I'll be darned if I didn't get a postseason game. Yeah. It's not for me to decide, and it's not for the people around me to decide on what is going to come my way. Only person who's in charge of that is the person who sends out the email and says, congratulations. Yeah. That's it. They can get they can get feedback from a lot of a lot of things, but ultimately the one who presses send is the boss. That's right, and that's how you know. So, and I'm I'm gonna I know I've shared this story with you um, about the boat mm-hmm. with my father in law, and I kind of yeah. want to share it a little bit too. Please um, do. It's um, and I often often say that sometimes you know our 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 outside voices are the one that really muffle us. Mm-hmm. And really stunt our growth because everyone says you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. Well, the story goes: um, my uh, father, or my stepdad, who is um, mid seventies, late seventies, has a nice fishing boat. We go fishing in September uh, together, uh, and uh, it's a nice family family week. We have a good time. Well, I also go fishing in July with some other friends, and you know we could use another boat. So I asked my wife, I said, hey, you know, I think I'm going to ask my stepdad if, if he'll let me borrow the fishing boat. She's like, he's not going to let you do that. He's very particular about his boat. Mm-hmm. All right. So I asked another friend, uh, Rob, a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I'm thinking about asking my stepdad. He goes, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'd be real surprised if that happened. Then I asked my mom, his wife. Yeah. She said, yeah, I'll ask, you know, but I just don't think he's going to say yes. I just, I just don't think he's going to say yes. Lo and behold, it wasn't even, like, talk me into it. He's like, yeah, no problem. We'll just make sure you get you on the insurance. Yep. Imagine how many people out there think about something that they want and listen to just one person tell them, yeah, you can't do that, mm-hmm. and they don't. When I first started Division One basketball, you know how many people told me, "You're you're not ready for Division One camp. You're not ready. You cannot go to a Division One camp. You should not go." Now I went, got hired Division Two, not Division One. Sure. But then I went again, got hired Division One. But if I would have just listened to those people, I'm serious. I would just be sitting here working at some factory on the midnight shift, and and you know whatever whatever comes my way. Not taking a fishing trip, not being able to afford three vacations in a year, whatever it is, because I'm listening to the outside voices. I don't understand. I, I understand counsel. I get that. We want to do that. But we cannot take that for the end-all, be-all. Well, Chad Ozzy says that I shouldn't do that, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Chad Ozzy say, well, listen, I wouldn't do that. 
Sure. But if you want to do that, go ahead. And I've spoken to your son about this. You know, yep. he's he's shared some things that he would like to do. And I'm like, he's like, I'd really like to do that. And my first response is, well, go for it. Why aren't you doing it? Yep. You know, he if he's listening, he still hasn't done it yet. So <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, I know he's had a few uh, mountains to climb and that's things right. like that, but he still hasn't come through for me. But <laughs> And that's okay. But it's not going to be, if he doesn't do it, it's not going to be because of me telling him he shouldn't do it. That's right. You know, so if you're hearing this right now and you're like, I wonder if I should. Yes, you should. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should. What's, you know, as long as it's not life-threatening, go for it. And now I've got a fishing boat to use in, in the summertime, and it's not going to be an issue at all. Yeah. How about it? I mean, what a, what a concept. So yeah. um, I, I know you're probably getting ready to do a lot of things. You're probably getting ready to wind us up. But I wanted to share, because I wanted to do this last time we recorded. Gotcha. Um, I, and we always ask for ratings. Sure. I think we should read a couple. Oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? So um, this one says, this one was on April 5th. So I just, you know, just went through them, right? Sure. April 5th. Great listen. As a baseball and basketball official, I absolutely love this podcast. It's great to listen to during our near windshield time on the way to games. Um, uh, get you in the right mindset. Chad and Jeff do a great job mixing in all sports, giving feedback that will work through multiple levels and multiple sports. That is from Steph Holtz 8. Not for sure who that is. So if you're listening mm-hmm. right now, we thank you for that. Um, another one. Outstanding. As a basketball official, I've listened to a lot of podcasts during my windshield time. Chad and Jeff do an outstanding job. Oh, hold on. It's a little bit longer. Chad and Jeff do an outstanding job of sharing uh, relevant knowledge, not only about officiating, but lessons that can be applied in life and leadership. This is... Uh, this is so in my wheelhouse as an official, educational administrator, father, and husband. By far, my new favorite podcast. The material, intentional, relevant, timely, and impactful. Uh, the episode I listened to on Saturday was exactly what I needed to hear that day to get my mindset right. Lastly, the professionalism is second to none. Outstanding. And that's from uh, TWID12. So this is good stuff. you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, I'm reading this. You guys can't, I know there's no video here, but I'm reading this and, and Chad's smiling ear to ear. You know what I mean? It, it, it is very refreshing to hear um, some positive feedback and to know that we're hopefully impacting some others that are listening. So if you want to leave us a, a rating, a five-star rating and a comment and a, and a review, we need you to go to Apple Podcast and, and leave that. Take a few seconds, type it in there, and we do read them. And That's right. Guess what? Now we read them over the air. <laughs> <laughs> and it really does make a difference when you leave us a rating. I know it's easy just to, to slip by and you know forget about it or whatever. But when you do that, it affects the algorithms that uh, Apple Podcasts uses. Uh, if you use Spotify or one of the others, you can leave ratings there as well. It makes a difference in who it gets pushed out to. And we hope... Um, that just like those reviews said, that this is not only impactful for your work on the field or the court, uh, but we hope that this is something that makes an impact uh, in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're hitting those those big amped up moments of life, just like deep conference season is for those of us doing basketball right now, we mm-hmm. hope this will help you take a breath and understand that when that decision fatigue comes, mm-hmm. it's time to reach out to others to help carry that load. Um, that, you know, that sometimes we have not because we ask not, mm-hmm. you know, like I, 
I want to make the jump from from high school officiating to to college officiating, but my my boss wouldn't let me let me leave work early a couple of days a week to go do that. Well, what's it going to hurt to ask? Because mm-hmm. if they say no, you're right where you're at right now. That's you're right. no worse off. Mm-hmm. But they might surprise you. They might say, "Oh, you know, I can't do that two days a week, but I." I can give you Thursdays. Is Thursday mm-hmm. a good day for, mm-hmm. for working basketball? Yes. Right. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can do that. So uh, hopefully this is something that is helpful and encouraging to you. We would love for you to continue to send your questions, comments to us directly, uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully as you're driving uh, to your next event, this is helpful to you too. See y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.